For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings shall we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 237 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Hals Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. And not Balls Harkart. Not Balls Harkart or... Holy shit, if we change... I just realized this. If we transpose the first two, the first letter of your last name and, and first name, it don't change anything. Oh, yeah. No, when you're double-double-use. You're double-double-use. It's old HB and double-double-use. Coming at you live. That's one of the Star Wars names, Wee Wee T-Hunt. It is indeed. It is indeed. Uh, at least... Uh, at least... Uh, if you go by that uh, one particular way of coming up with your... Right. The The... the... Most commonly accepted way of creating your Star Wars name on the internet, that formula. Oh, Burry McCoy and Wee Wee Tihan back at it again to talk about Star Wars and... Oh boy, I sure hope there's good news this week. Wee Wee Tihan's <laughs> the name of a Gungan. That's just got Gungan all over it. Yeah, I could see a Gungan being named Wee Wee Tihan. Or, um... A Gungan or what else would mean? Like maybe a Rodian? Dude, uh what is uh the oh my god, the Ewoks. You could have an Ewok name that. That would be perfect. Yeah. Yeah, Wee Wee Tihan. Maybe that's a little Wicket Junior's name. You know, a little baby yep. like Wicket. I mean, I'm not trying to make any assumptions about what Wicket was up to post-episode 6, but in The Rise of Skywalker, we see him standing there watching that explosion with a, you know, a younger-looking Ewok. I was just like, oh, look, e Wicket had a kid. That's Wee Wee Tihan. Hashtag make Wee Wee Tihan canon. Canon. Make it canon. So let's get that started. Make Wee Wee Tihan canon. 
Um, so we got some stuff to talk about this week. Little update to the Obi Wan situation. Some stuff that came out uh, post recording last week. Um, some cool behind the scenes stuff, and we finally have a date when we should find out about the mysterious Project Luminous. But before we get to all that, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Twitch, or Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. Check us out on our new YouTube channel. Just search for Blue Harvest, a Star Wars podcast. There'll also be a link in the show notes for this episode. Uh, We have a Patreon. So if you enjoy our show and you want to help keep the lights on, that's what that's what you say if you're like a cool you got your shit together and you got a Patreon. Like you say, help us keep the lights on. Like our buddy Robbo uses that for yeah. the Patreon for his uh video game podcast. So help us keep the lights on. Uh over at Blue Harvest Studios. Uh for as little as three dollars a month, you get access to our Patreon exclusive RSS feed where we post all kinds of bonus podcast. Oh no, it's Hall Solo, Cooking with Will, Star Wars Year by Podcast, Masters of Harvest Kasi, Podula Rasa, Jaws, uh, Steve vs. the Prequels, uh, Blue Harvest Adventures, all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, if you're interested in checking out any of that fun stuff, go over to patreon.com slash blue harvest podcast um you'll be glad you did yeah I, I, i'd like to think so if you enjoy our show then why not get a little more of it so i think that about covers the business business um all right so last week we talked about the uh the Obi-Wan situation and how, you know, we didn't know if it was really worth any actual freaking out. Right. Right. And, um, at the time we hadn't really heard anything from Ewan McGregor about it or, you know, any of the other people involved shortly after we recorded may have even happened while we were recording last week. Right. They were having some sort of press event for that upcoming Birds of Prey movie that Ewan McGregor is part of. He's the villain, I believe. I believe you're correct. He, uh, So he was getting asked about the Obi-Wan series quite a bit. And uh, long story short, he kind of made it seem like he didn't sound worried about it at all. Uh, right. He... he said that instead of filming in August of this year or this summer, that filming had been pushed back to January of next year. That's not that far. Right. And that basically kind of what we covered last week, they wanted more time to work on the scripts. You know? Well, that's important stuff, and that's where your time should be spent. I totally agree with that. So, you know... uh, Look, uh, the dude successfully kept the Obi-Wan thing a secret for years, right? The 
years. Covered, right. So he's very good at like, <clears throat> clearly very good at only saying what he's supposed to say, you know, only saying, you know, sort of sticking to the line and, and doing what he should. So who knows? Maybe he's um, underplaying it a bit, but hearing him come out and say that it's not that big of a deal. They wanted more time to work on the scripts. He said uh, what he's read of the scripts were really good and that, you know, they just needed some more time to get them in even better shape. Like, sounds no. like a positive to me. I'm taking yeah, this me. as a positive. That's the only way I'm looking at it. It's the only way I have the mental capacity to engage with it right now is just try to think of it positively. <clears throat> so currently not accepting bad news <laughs> yeah currently please not. try again later yeah the uh bad news meter has been filled for star wars you're gonna have to let me burn some of that off before we get into the bad news so you know i don't feel like we're necessarily in much of a different position about this whole obi-wan thing than we were last week but we got a tiny little bit of clarity on, you know, the exact start date and filming and things like that. Now, another thing he said was that he didn't expect, as far as he understood, that the re the ultimate release date of the series would be changed. Okay. So, to me, that sounds like if they were planning on shooting in August and had a release date in mind, and they're pushing that filming date back to January and still think they can hit that release date, to me that signifies it was probably a late 2021 release anyways. Yeah. So. So that's where we are with Obi-Wan. Um, now. Uh, it feels like, I guess, I guess it's been under a year at this point. But it feels like longer. There's been this whole teasing thing going on with the publishing side of Star Wars, like Del Rey and Marvel Comics and stuff, talking about this Project Luminous, right? And yeah. this is the year that we start to find out a Project Luminous, 2020. And, uh, you know, they've got these, all these authors involved and, it sounds like they're all working on this like sort of interconnected story of some sort. And then earlier this year, we get the High Republic rumor and that this thing could not not only include novels and comics and stuff, but also maybe a video game and maybe movies are tied into all this, right? Wow. And that's when we start um, hearing about, or, you know, people start picking up on these high republic mentions that are going on especially it seems in the comics um i know there was one in the the dooku jedi lost book and then we discussed the reference that was in rise of kylo ren number two right um, the latest volume of star wars started this year so the newest star wars number two came out this week and also contained a mention of the High Republic era. So it seems like that particular era is getting quite a bit of like 
special mention here and there. Yeah. Well, previously, they had said that January would probably be the time when we got uh, all the information. Or not all of, but like, you know, our first real information on what Project Luminous is all about. So, this month, people have just been, where's that Project Luminous information? When's it coming? And yesterday, we finally got a little something. And that little something was February 24th, it appears, is going to be the official sort of press event uh, for Project Luminous. So it looks like we got to wait just about another month, and then we'll finally find out what this is all about. Um, So, uh, now... There was a bit of interesting information that came out about this. Um, So there is a reporter by the name of Clayton Sandell. He works for ABC. He covers Star Wars quite a bit. Um, You know, typically seems to have the lowdown on this sort of thing. Well, today he tweeted, um, What is Project Luminous? has already announced it's a public publishing effort to tell a big, interconnected Star Wars story. Don't hold your breath for any movie, TV, game tie-ins. On 224, we'll learn about stories, characters, release dates, and most intriguing, the era. 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 Um, so he's saying that at least at this big event, not to expect any kind of announcement of TV, movie, or game tie-ins. Right. Which could sort of put a wrinkle in this whole idea of a Star Wars movie set in that era. Um, Or it could just be that they're not ready to talk about that facet of it yet. You know, maybe this first event is just uh, going on to establish the publishing aspect of it. We don't really know. Um, I just know at some point... very, very little information. Right. That's super little. Right. And, I mean, you know... What I was going to say is, like... If there's supposed to be a movie coming out in three years... 2022 right yeah at the end of 2022 that has to get up on off the ground sooner rather than later for them to have the customary amount of time you know the three years or so it takes for them to make a star wars movie yeah uh, under the right circumstances a non-rushed star wars movie uh so i would have to imagine that either someone has already signed on for that which would, I guess, would probably be my feeling is that they do have somebody in place for that movie. They just haven't announced it yet. Yeah. <laughs> but <clears throat> you would think that that's got to be coming soonish, too. And there, you know, uh, there was also that rumor that the the next director, the person in charge of the next Star Wars movie, would be announced in January. I mean, unless it happens 
once again tonight while we're recording, which is a little late for that, or tomorrow. It, it, yeah. Seems, you know, you would want reporters there to cover it. Like, you don't just announce these things online, right? No, they definitely just announce these things online. Oh, okay. I mean, I thought you had, like, I thought we were talking, like, a press release of information. No, I mean, they, what they would do is they'll do a release online and then there will be a press release that goes up on starwars.com. That's like, you know, so-and-so we're happy to announce that so-and-so is on board for the next star Wars movie coming in 2022. This is what they had to say. And they'll be like, ever since I was a kid, I understood the uh, indelible impact that a galaxy far, far away had on pop culture. And I can't wait to get my hands dirty playing around in this universe. You know what I mean? Like, they'll do that sort right. of... that almost verbatim. ...customary uh, announcement thing. Now, <clears throat> there is another event where we could possibly get some sort of information. These things can be hit or miss as far as Star Wars information goes. But there is a Disney investors call going on next week, February the 4th which is Tuesday. Um, and those have been the source of some breaking information in the past. Uh, for in instance, I believe the Cassian series was um, announced during one of those. I know, uh, or at least I'm pretty sure, that the first mention of them doing a Star Wars live-action show at all was during one of these investors' calls. Um, and, you know, things of that nature. So, <clears throat> you know, maybe that's when we get the announcement, is next week, and that could be That'd about be cool. <clears throat> first director and everything. But they got to get this train moving, man. You guys got to have stuff going on. I need that Star Wars movie in 2022. I'm being cool. I'm not going to complain too much about the fact that we don't get Star Wars this year or next year and and for the most of the year after that. I mean, theatrical Star Wars. Hawes said, this is me cool. Right yeah. now, you see me? I'm cool. This is my you chill You don't want to see me not cool. That's right. Don't make me... Don't push me... Because... I'm close to the edge. edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. Ha 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 ha. ha. So, um, I'm excited. I'm excited. I, I won't lie. I hope the whole Project Luminous thing, once it's all said and done, does, like we were talking a couple weeks ago, allow them to set the ground, the tone, the feeling of a different era of Star Wars before they kick it off in live action movies, right? That's what I really hope. And I could see myself really getting into the books and comics associated with that idea. And I want that. You know what I mean? I want to be able to dive into this unexplored era of Star Wars. Fresh lore. Yeah, read the books. absorb. Meet new characters and just get way into it and feel like it's leading into something and also a little bit better connected than maybe things have been thus far, you know? Yeah. So that's what I hope we're in store for. You know, I, I'm not 
I don't know. The I just don't know what to say. I, I, I guess it's it's a wait and see game at this point. We'll see what happens. Um, That's the only option we have. You know, yeah, we they have don't very give, little information to go on. They don't give us min, much more uh, to go on or or to hold on to. So, um, all right, that sort of covers the Project Luminous thing, I guess. So this week we had um, something pretty cool happen. Now. We're not going to be talking about Resistance Season 2 this week. We're going to do that next week because I still haven't fully caught up. I'm on my way. By next week, I should be nice and caught up, and we can just cover sort of Season 2 as a whole. Um, I'm going to be sending you some more pictures right now because <coughs> following the series finale of Resistance, they did a, a post on StarWars.com where they showed off the actual on-screen models, like the digital models they used for three of the resistance ships that show up. Oh, in, that's awesome. Yeah, they show up uh, over Exegol in the big final battle. And so we've got uh, the Fireball, we got Tora's, Toradoza's ship, and Jaeger's ship. Um, and they look so fucking cool in live action. That's awesome. Yeah, it really, that's one of the things I think is going to be kind of cool about Rise of Skywalker once it hits um, home video is the ability to have like a really clear, nice 4K version that you can pause and try to pick up on all these little things, especially all the different ships in that crazy fleet part. Right. Jesse's... Jesse doesn't follow law when she's drinking White Claw. No laws. When you're drinking claws. Black cherry. Vomit. All right. So, um, man, I had a brain fart. I was trying to fucking joke with Jesse about drinking White Claws and I had a fucking pothole. This fucking coronavirus is getting me, buddy. Is it really? You got it. <laughs> you probably got the SARS and the MERS to go with it. I know. I don't have coronavirus. You know what I mean? Like, I haven't been in contact with anybody that's been to that specific region. But I won't lie. Ever since last week when I got sick, over the weekend when it was probably at its worst, there may have been a few moments where I was slightly anxious that maybe I had coronavirus. Haas was like staring up at the ceiling like, this is it. This is the big one. This is how I go. Coronavirus. Maybe. I got that virus from drinking too many Coronas. <laughs> hey, man, you got to know I'm smarter than that. I'm not one of these dipshits. Would you be uh, surprised to learn that, that a bunch of people were looking that up on the Internet? Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. You got you to gotta know I'm a little smarter than that. I'm not saying I'm, you know. Einstein over here, but I know you don't get fucking the coronavirus from drinking a Corona. I just thought it was funny. Maybe I get a, a real bad hangover and be like, it's the coronavirus. <clears throat> that shit's horrifying. That's what I'm going to tell um, my boss if I have to go in. I'll be like, oh, sorry I missed yesterday. I had the coronavirus. 
Yeah, you know, uh, um, I can't remember what they called it, but I worked for a computer repair shop slash internet service provider, right? Right. From the year, from like 2000 to 2005. So that means during that time, two separate Star Wars movies released while I was working there. And uh, my bosses had this joke, like this inside joke between them about how I would call in sick the day those movies came out. I mean, because you did. Well, no, actually it didn't. I had no need to because the place closed at nine and we went to midnight premieres. So like... I could still go to my job and go to... I was fucking broke. Gotta go repair these stupid computers for people. I'm broke, bitch. I'm broke. (laughs) (coughs) All right. So what were were we talking about? Oh, Oh, that tangent. Right. The ships. Yeah, they look So they do show up in the big final battle in Exegol. Yeah, I'm wondering... Along with the ghost... The ghost and and several several other ships. I've and been Dash Rendar or whoever Dash Rendar's ship went to. Wait a second. You telling me the Outriders in that scene? I thought so. I could. This could be me misremembering, but I thought I read that it was. But I I don't know that it is now. Now I might be a little embarrassed. A boy can dream. Man, I hope the Outriders there. Let me search it. You keep going, and I'll look it up. And I hope Dash Rendar's in there. I hope his droid buddy's in there. I can't ever remember that character's name. I hope Snuva is in there. Um, I hope Shizor is nowhere to be seen. Get that creepy green fuck out of my face. Shizor. Prince Shizor. I thought it was Sizor. Oh, so did I. Boy, I got corrected on that. Prince Shitzor is more like it, you piece of shit. With your fucking creepy pheromones and shit and your sex robot. Star Wars real doll. Um, I wonder if the Colossus is in that scene. I remember people... So I've seen a lot of people that are getting like um, copies of the movie from less legitimate... By less legitimate means... And posting yeah. a lot of screenshots and stuff. Uh, but they're not the highest quality because it's a someone filming the movie in a theater. But I have seen some people going in and doing like bits of research and pointing out uh, different ships and stuff. And I don't there know. There are some huge ships in there. Uh, yeah. Now, I don't know that I've seen anybody point out the Colossus. And you would think that if the Colossus would, was in there, they'd show its model. Um, along well, with a, the, there's a big vertical ship in there in the back right corner of this picture. But I mean, it could be the Colossus, but it would have a different paint job. I gotcha. Yeah, and they kept the the Ace uh, Starfighters pretty screen accurate to Resistance, so I can't imagine that they would repaint that whole last Colossus. Um, I don't anyways. see it myself, but I. I see what people might say it is and how it might could be in here, but I'm not sure. The Outrider, you mean? The Outrider, yeah. I gotcha. Um, 
Well, speaking of behind the scenes stuff, another thing that came out uh, sort of recently where finally we're getting a little bit of a look at the behind the scenes making of The Mandalorian. I don't know why they haven't done this in a more official capacity on Disney Plus. I would watch. Well, because they used to be on DVDs and right. now everything's moving away from DVDs. So now they have to put this bonus content somewhere else. Right. But there's a there's a spot like when you go to watch The Mandalorian, you can scroll over to extras and there's like a trailer. You know what I mean? There's a spot for them to put documentaries and commentaries and shit and they have it for the movies i see i see so i just uh you know maybe you have a point because i would imagine that the mandalorian will be getting a physical release at some point on disc because even like netflix original series get that you know yeah so i would have to imagine that they will eventually put the mandalorian out physically and maybe once that happens there will be a host of special features and extras that, you know, at that time may show up on Disney Plus as well. But I am ready to learn more about how they pulled this fucking series off because this brief little look we get with these behind the scenes pictures is so cool. It really shows off this giant LED wall that they're using. I'm really looking forward to it now. Yeah. Those pictures you sent me, like that's part of it. Um, it it yeah, that giant LED wall, that wraparound screen, basically. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. It seems really effective for lighting effects too. Yeah, and I I think, like when you see that and you realize how much of that show, it was shot on like a sound studio or at a sound stage, with this giant LED wall. May, it kind of blew my mind because I knew there was going to be a lot of digital shenanigans going on with this show. And we had even talked about this technology several times when we were talking about the Mandalorian. Right. Um, but to see it being used and, and to realize how much they used it and then to see the final product and see how seamless it is. Damn, that is effective. And damn, that is cool. Like, right. It really opens up the possibilities of like live action Star Wars. And I would imagine they'll probably employ a similar technique for the Marvel shows and stuff, if if I had to guess. It would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And it definitely helps get past that barrier of like, how do you do Star Wars live action TV that looks as technically advanced as the movies and stuff. Because I feel like it can expire, expire, inspire young directors and, you know, creatives. Because mm-hmm. when you when you get a look at, oh, that's how they, or that's where their mind was when they were doing this. You know, a lot of those tips and tricks that are behind some of this behind the scenes footage, it's, I mean, it inspires people. I mean, it, I, I soaked every minute up of those, you know, Star Wars documentaries with George Lucas, like telling his story. And you know, and American Graffiti and the young George Lucas and how he grew up and then making Star Wars and how each going through each of them like I ate that up like and it was really inspiring. Yeah, yeah, and and there's um that's what I'm saying we need for the Mandalorian like 
the cat's out of the bag. Like, I'd watch a two-hour documentary on just the coming up with the concept of fucking Baby Yoda and the execution and how, you know, they made actual puppets and used digital versions. Because I've seen some comparisons people do that, like, check it out. In this scene, that's a puppet. In this scene, it's a dig- you know, it's a CGI creation. And it's crazy how close they look to each other, you know? Like, that stuff fascinates me, and I <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe they, they're holding off on that kind of thing to closer to season two to use sort of as a season two promotional device, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. I'll get hyped up for the second season at The Mandalorian. Here's a huge chunk of making of features for the first season. Um, I could see that being pretty effective. Yeah. Um, I just hope we get it sometime soon. You remember when we were talking a few months back um, about Bill Burr being in The Mandalorian? This was before you know the the show actually came out and he was talking about uh on his last day of filming they brought the rough cut of the first trailer in and showed it to everybody on that giant LED screen that's cool that's oh, wow. cool to imagine that is cool <coughs> i want to go in and hook my <coughs> xbox up to that motherfucker that'd be fun play a little battlefront on that giant LED screen Oh my god, it'd be so big. Like I feel like I'd have to turn my head mm-hmm. to see see certain things. I am full on back into Battlefront 2. So am I. It is so good. You and I have gotten a little more time to play. Last night I was a goddamn fool and was up till damn near two, three o'clock in the morning playing Battlefront with you. I was right there with you. Um it's a good time. I, I'm really enjoying it. I'm looking forward to, uh, I think the update is coming next week where they add uh, BB-8 and BB-90, add the um, sequel trilogy era to Capital Supremacy, which should be nice. Oh, yeah. Instead of just playing droids and clones. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I really enjoy Capital Supremacy. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with droids and clones, by the way. <laughs> no, but I would love to see uh, sequel trilogy and original trilogy added to that mode just to get some variety going, you know. So it's nice to see that uh, we're getting one of those. All right, well, uh, I think that does it for news and stuff this week. Not a hugely, you know. Not a lot, but still enough. That not we got the January some. news we were expecting. No, definitely not. <clears throat> so why don't we uh, dive into our voicemails and emails for the week, and then we'll wrap this up. Sounds good. Kia D. Kia D. Kia D. Cockhead. The only Jedi master who can crash box. Kia D. Cockhead! Running around slaying bitches with his cockhead! He's a big Surian stud. He loves to split chicks with his pud. Kitty! Cockhead! To stroke his cone and suck on his balls. Kitty! Cockhead! What you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge. 
But he'll be plumping spooge tomorrow. Cockhead! Boo-hoo! Cockhead! Hosberger! Cockhead! Will Witt! Cockhead! Goose Paint! Cockhead! G-Money! Cockhead! King Tom! Cockhead! Joe! Cockhead! Key and D! Cockhead! Cockhead! All right, to kick off uh, emails and voice messages, we got our buddy King Tom. Uh, always good to hear from this guy. Love having him kick it off. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Hey there, Haas and Will. So there's this story going around this week about how Matthew Wood recorded Adam Driver uh, in his closet to finish up some dialogue on the rise of Skywalker. And I know some people are questioning that, but that seems to be about normal. As far as movies go, you know, you record whatever you can, whenever you can, wherever you can. But it does have me thinking, you know, one of my, one of my, th- most of my issues with The Last Jedi, I've, they're still issues, but they're okay. But the one thing I really would like, or would have liked more of, is some more dialogue cameos, uh, you know, in, in that space battle, and even the Jedi. When Rey hears the Jedi, they, there are some... I think there there are some missed opportunities. And the big one, of course, what the hell is Silas Carson doing? I mean, did, did they not think to call him? Or did, does he think he's too big for Star Wars these days? What do you think? But that, that raises to mind another question. If they were to throw in a few more Jedi as cameos, not counting Kiedi Mundy, of course, who would you like to hear? Or who would you have liked to have heard in that one scene? I think Plo Koon could have been cool. He was a big part of Clone Wars, and he has a very distinctive voice. I also think from uh, Fallen Order, you could throw in some Masterino Cordova, and everyone would know it was him because you'd have everyone else going, Ray, 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 and then you'd have, my friend, the Zepho. <laughs> and he'd go on and on. So, what Jedi do you think should have been part of that excellent, wonderful scene? Anyway, look forward to hearing your answer. Thanks a lot, and I will talk to you guys later. Okay, I love this question about Jedi cameos. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, he said besides, but you got to get Kiati Mundi in there, right? right? Like, we get Luminara and Ayla Sakura in there. Like, come on, let's get some more of our C tier homies in there, like Kiati Mundi. I agree completely that Plo Clune would be awesome. Um, awesome and and instantly recognizable like you said like it's very distinct yeah because uh they'd give old uh what's his name james arnold taylor the opportunity to get his voice in a live action star wars movie because he's who did blow clune i'm pretty sure did the... samuel yeah have a line okay. he did um uh yeah master cordova cal even or Rom Coda. This is an obscure one. Uh, the Jedi, the blind Jedi general from The Force Unleashed. Yeah, I don't like that one because that's not canon anymore. And then that would make The Force Unleashed canon. Well, I don't know. I'm just, and, we're, uh, shoot, we're shooting the, sh- the moon. You know? Okay, if we're not, shooting the moon, like, you ready? I was thinking cool Jedi, yeah. If we're shooting the moon, I say we put Bastila Shan in there. Bastila Shan, that's awesome. I say we put... Um, uh, fucking Kip Duran in there and uh, Kyle Katarn. Get out! You like Keldroma? Yeah, yeah. You'll really get crazy with it. Um, Plo Koon, excellent idea. Kit Fisto, another one you could have put in there. 
Um, you could put. Uh, oh no, I blanked on that one. Oh. Um, you know what I would like to hear? Okay, ready? So Ray's looking up at the sky, looking at the fucking Pink Floyd laser light show that Grandpa Palpatine is putting on for her, right? And she's going, be with me, be with me. And then you hear, Ray, 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 Ray. And then you hear, hey there, Halls and Will. King Tom, <laughs> Force Ghost King Tom. Just sitting here with Ray. Just, I have some questions. <laughs> yeah there there's definitely um a lot of room where they could have put more people in there and i don't know like what is the balance because if you do too many then it just becomes sort of like i mean the next biggest speaking role is in my opinion uh our our boy um kiari mundi yeah People don't because he had more speaking roles in the movie than either Ayla Sakuda or Luminara. Right. And but they had a bigger parts in, you know, the Clone Wars. Yeah, you bring them in and you got that nice clone along with Ahsoka, right? You have that nice Clone Wars tie in. You bring in Kane and you got that nice Rebels tie in. Um If I remember in Jindy Cherokovsky's Clone Wars, I think Kiari Mundi was the first one to fight Grievous. Oh, does he? It's oh, yeah. It's been forever since I've seen those. And then Samuel L. Jackson is the one that does the force crunch that cripples his chest. Right. Um, yeah, there's just... Um, there's so many that they could have done, and I'm drawing such a blank. Oh, Quinlan Voss. Throw Quinlan him in there. Voss. Sounding like a surfer and stuff. Was Kanan in there? He was. He was. No Ezra. And Ezra. No Ezra? No Ezra, from what I understand, from what I remember. Um, That could have been kind of interesting. It's interesting that they chose to go that route, um, but not, like, to have Kanan, but no Ezra. And And Ahsoka, right? Yeah, Ahsoka. And no Ezra. Maybe that means Ezra doesn't become a Jedi eventually. Or isn't a Jedi by then. It could mean that. It could mean that he's still alive. could mean that his uh, four spirit was just taking a nap when the call went out. So, who knows? That's one hell of a voicemail. It sure is. <laughs> it's like uh, when you get a voicemail from one of your friends while they're drunk at a party. And then it's a celebrity leaving you the voicemail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just get voicemails about fucking scams that's the only voicemails i get yo it's johnny grasso Nah, i just answer the phone for johnny i don't let that go to voicemail um well no i all i get is voicemails for scams look at this we just listened to a voicemail from king tom that ain't a scam i mean on my phone not on my email though all right next up we got uh our buddy jim let's hear what he has to say and will good evening guys i uh i've been daydreaming a lot about star wars and the latest thing <clears throat> that i had to look up uh, was palpatine and when he conceived the kid uh and i think that i read that it's eight years before vader give, gave him the shaft is when he had a kid so 
when he was thrown down that thing, he had an eight-year-old kid. Um, and I think it's, well, so that means that his uh, lady, uh, that he was very pruny when the, uh, when the act went down. So, yikes. That's uh, had to be really lovely for that lady. What might have, must have been a special evening. The, uh, the other thing I thought of, man, and it gets me really excited, is, uh, I mean, I think we all know that Ray and Finn and Poe are going to be back in another movie. I'd say another trilogy. I'd like it to be 10 years from now, 15 years from now, and uh, Ray and Finn have a couple kids, and they uh, are starting the Academy and all that good stuff. That's what I really hope. But, um, man, I thought of this, and it just rang so true to me. Like, I think it's going to happen. Ray will meet baby fucking Yoda, dude. She's gonna meet Yoda, man. She's gonna meet baby baby Yoda. I swear they're gonna they're gonna have they're gonna have some good times. They're gonna fuck some people up. I'm pretty sure. But uh, does that excite you? Is that what you would uh, hope for? How long would you want to wait? I mean, I hope they make it next year and just age them up a bit. But <laughs> let's have some breathing breathing room for a little bit. But uh, I'm down for that. So just uh, let me know what you guys think and uh, ignite that green. See ya. I mean, the idea of, of Rey starting a Jedi Academy or her own Jedi Temple and Baby Yoda is there alongside her. Yeah, I love that idea. Love it. Rey and Finn. Like, I like the idea of Rey and Finn starting a Jedi. Yeah. Order. Oh, yeah. Um, And, like... Rey could mean Baby Yoda. That would be cool. Yeah, I mean... I can't say I would hate it. I, I would love it. It's perfectly feasible um so you gotta figure uh, always fuck up so i think jim might have been slightly off with his timeline stuff i think if we read the same thing and there's no hard and fast answer to this it's just people doing math based off of like the actor's age that plays ray's dad um it was eight years after revenge of the sith not eight years before return of the jedi that he had a kid, which would still, by the way, mean that he was all nutsack, that's, wrinkly Palpatine. You know, do you know the awful, probably children he had to sacrifice to do the ritual to make those old, wrinkly, Sith pruned balls produce an heir? <clears throat> I don't know, man. It was like, you know what I imagine it was like? It was like when you take a, a, a bottle of baby powder, you know what I mean? And you squeeze it, and it goes, and baby powder goes everywhere. Yeah. That's what I imagine getting it on with Palpatine is like. I imagine it to be you've used all the toothpaste in the tube. You've rolled <laughs> it up as tight as you could and used all that, and you're trying for that very last bit, and you're squeezing that tooth, that rolled-up toothpaste tube so hard for that very last piece toothpaste that you're not gonna get i need this last bit of aqua fresh motherfucker i got sweater teeth one more day i said this tube wouldn't last a week and here we are on month two one more day (laughs) (laughs) um so if baby yoda if he's 50 by the time of the mandalorian by the time of the sequel trilogy he would be I don't know, man, roughly 75 or something. 
75 or 80. So he'd probably still be pretty much a baby, right? I was going to say, if we just double the age he's at, he's at, let's like say, how is it at 50, he's maybe what, two, two or three? Yeah, probably. Maybe I two. Guess. So let's say he'd be four, four yeah. or five. You um, know? So. And that's just a stab in the dark. I have no idea how they age. I'll be know? interested. I, I don't think, look, we're being real here. I don't think we're preparing ourselves for some kind of fucked up story where baby Yoda dies. Right. So no, to me, baby Yoda has got to join his tribe at the end, whether that's force users or other Yodas, you know? Yeah. And I hope baby Yoda's story isn't that he goes and joins up with Luke and Ben solo. Cause things don't work out well for those jokers. You know what I mean? So I'm hoping that he is, with the other Yodas or something like that. So he is available to be around post sequel trilogy. What's um, so funny is Taika Watiti getting bent out of shape about everybody calling him baby Yoda. I mean, baby, baby Yoda not his name. It, like, all right. All right. Okay. Well, I, I don't know what else we're supposed to call him. Like that's all he, I know he's the child, but, or the asset. I, I don't like either of those. I'm going to call him Baby Yoda until they give us its actual name. Right. Which he is Baby Yoda. Like that's in in the pop culture, that's just how people know him. Like Yeah, and it's so easy. Yes, we all realize that's not actually the baby version of actual Yoda. Like I know his name is Din Djarin, all right, but everyone's going to call him Mando or mm-hmm. the Mando. Like that's what everyone calls him more than, you know, I'm still not used to the whole Din Djarin thing. I still call him the Mandalorian. Yeah. So I call him Mando because that's what you know, <coughs> Apollo Creed calls him. Yeah. And this is the thing. All these people got privileged information. Like Bob Iger's talking about, oh, I know Baby Yoda's real name. And, you know, all these. Well, that's fine, man. But until you give us that information, Bob. I'm going to call him Baby Yoda. Okay, Bob. Okay, Bob. You billionaire. Can I get a ride on your fucking boat? I gave you guys a couple of bucks over my lifetime. Not even just with Star Wars. I've been to see a Pixar movie one or or two. You know, Bob. You can thank Jon Favreau for maintaining the mystique around all of this and not marketing it ahead of time. You know what? I've been to your parks a couple of times, Bob. Could I maybe get like a sandwich or a ride on your your hovercraft? You know Bob Iger's got a hovercraft. I'm sure. Dang. What else did Jim want to know? Oh, uh, well, he was asking us about Baby Yoda, meeting up with Ray, being part of sort of her Jedi Order. Love that idea. Definitely love that idea. Um, And he kind of mentioned 10, 15 years from now, maybe that's when we get another trilogy or some more movies featuring these characters. I think that's probably within the realm of possibility. You got to think you want to give these these guys, these actors and actresses uh, a bit of a break from Star Wars. Time to decompress because they've had a crazy, you know, six or seven years, however long it's been since they were all cast and started filming and stuff. You know, it's been kind of nonstop Star Wars with them, including all the projects that they've done in between. And it also gives them the time to maybe uh, miss it 
and not feel like they just got put through the ringer between the crazy schedule, the crazy fandom, all this kind of stuff. So all the, the crazy. Yeah. When the time is right, they're ready to come back. They got a good story to tell us. I'm fully expecting it to happen. Um, the selfish side of me hopes it's sooner rather than later. I've always loved King Tom's ideas that they, they bring out uh, episode 10 or whatever, start the next trilogy with these characters in 2027 for the 50th anniversary of star Wars. I think that's a wonderful idea. I mean, I don't know how you can just leave Ray like that. I mean, you can leave the rest of the characters (coughs) like that. I mean, it's not like it's not a good ending. That's not what I'm saying. It's just Ray's so young. Ray is so young as a character. And, you know, she has so much potential and she's, you know, <coughs> excuse me, a progeny of Palpatine. There's so much potential there of story to be told. Yeah. And it's well, when you think about <coughs> it, it's not unsimilar to where we were left with Luke at the end of Return of the Jedi. Right. The the future hope for the Jedi Order um, resolved the family issues right family issues out of the way uh became a full-blown jedi made her own saber Um, big bad defeated and out of the way big bad defeated and out of the way uh took the name skywalker you know put uh her family lineage to the side and decided no that's not who i am this is who i am right and the possibilities of stories to tell after that are so vast limitless yeah so much cool shit you could do love that character like ray's my favorite character from the sequel trilogy so i want nothing but more ray stories in the future um i guess it's just a matter of time and making it till then i was just sitting here babbling because i was having a fucking anxiety attack because i said 2027 and then my brain did the math and was like how old will you be in seven years Hans burkhart and I was like, I'm going to be 44 in seven years. Does that hurt? It does. It does. That means that means if I'm 44, right? Mm-hmm. 2027. Let's say they do the every two years thing again. So in 2027, I'll be 44. That'll be episode 10. 2029, I'll be 46. For episode 11 in 2031, 2031, 11 years from now. I'll visit you in the nursing home and bring the latest uh, hollow version of Star Wars. I'll be, you think I'm going to be in a, a nursing home at 48? I'm just busting your balls. Buddy. Oh my God. You are really giving me the the anxiousness. Oh my god. I'm just kidding. I'm gonna look like a fucking melted McFoley figure at forty eight. I'm gonna look like Belial from Basket Case. Have you ever oh seen Basket god. Case? I don't think so. I don't know whether to say you're missing out or you're not missing out. I was telling Jesse about these movies. Uh, yesterday, I guess, and showing her trailers. Basket Case was... uh, 
Jesse's texting me dark shit. You guys just throwing cogs in the wheel. We're throwing, a, I don't know. What's the dark shit she was texting me? She just texted me and said, I'll take us both out before you're in a nursing home. Ooh. She wants to kill me so bad, dude. That's a story that ends in murder-suicide. Um, or maybe just murder. Basket Case was a, a trilogy, speaking of trilogies, of horror movies that ran through, I don't know, the 80s into the early 90s. It's about this kid that's born with a conjoined twin, but his conjoined twin kind of looks like uh, a fucked up version of Krang from the Ninja Turtles. Uh-huh. And they separate him at birth. And his brother, his conjoined twin's name is Belial. And he carries Belial around in a picnic basket. And Belial, like, murders people and stuff. And then at the end of part two, he tries to sew Belial back to his side. That's like the big final moment of that movie. And then in part three, a crazy mad scientist makes a mech suit for Belial. It's regardless, just Google image Belial. And that's what I'm going to look like in the nursing home before Jesse no, kills me with a giant smile on her face. Blood on her hands. <clears throat> All right. We got an email from Willis. Ahoy hoy. If Anakin Skywalker had appeared at the end of Rise of Skywalker as a force ghost, how do you think he would have reacted to his family being symbolically buried in the sand, a substance that he's notoriously not fond of? In my head canon, Anakin is actually there, just out of shot, pulling the exact same face Luke pulls when he discovers Darth Vader is his father. If one of your listeners could edit a distressed Anakin into the scene, I would be willing to retweet that. May the force be with you, Willis. There is, I don't, it had to be shortly after the movie came out. Um, There was a really funny meme going around of um, Anakin freaking out about his saber being buried in sand. Um, Oh, because he hates sand. Right. Well, it's got a it's got a um a blanket around it. You think that makes he's like oh that makes it better. You you protected my, my saber from the sand. You're in the clear, Ray. That's the only thing he protected himself with from the sand. Um. Yeah, I don't. I guess I don't really know. Like, I love the the moment. Of Ray burying the sabers and then revealing her own saber. I love like that she's putting her master's sabers, you know, to bed, but away I, for safekeeping. Yeah. And as we discussed on like the reaction show and since like that is nothing but an opening for fu- some future story set way later in the timeline, right? You have a force sensitive individual on Tatooine who senses those sabers in the sand pulls them out and the fuck we're off on the, to the races adventure begins you know what I mean um, but I guess I don't really quite understand I understand why they did it you get to see Tatooine again you get to see the Lars homestead again it kind of circles back around to where the adventure for Luke began in the first place and where the adventure began for Anakin, right? I was about to say things were put to bed where they all began. And, and I totally get that, but like what 
significance does Tatooine necessarily have for Leia? You know. Um. I you know, I can't disagree with you. And and I can well, it was the birthplace of her father. It was the birthplace of her father. Um, I guess you know if you think about the events of A New Hope, if it wasn't for the shit that goes down. Uh, in the atmosphere above Tatooine and on Tatooine, like she would have never met Luke, she never would have met Han, and things like that. I guess if you're going to be buried on your family's ancestral lands, it's that or Naboo. Yeah, that's kind of what I was yeah, wondering. I Alderaan. Like, yeah, would it been a little more fitting to bury Leia's saber on Naboo and Luke's on Tatooine, or who knows? I kind of like the idea that Anakin's saber is buried at the Lars homestead where his mom is also buried. Yeah. I do like that connection. So it's tough. I don't know. All right. Next up, we have an email from our buddy, Richard Howard, uh, halls and will. I just have to remark when you guys are freestyling with the comedy over top of everything else you're talking about, you are just simply funny. So funny that I find myself snorting cause I'm laughing so hard. Thanks for the small smiles. In all seriousness, I would love to hear some Halls and Will fan fiction. Well, thanks, buddy. I'm glad we can uh, crack you up every now and then. Yeah, make somebody smile. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Um, the fan fiction is going to happen next time Will comes to Birmingham. Next time Will comes to visit and has some free time to sit down at the table with me, we will be recording the first fan fiction. And you better be ready because I'm having my acting pants on. Oh, we need- Jeremy Irons this shit. Fuck yeah, that's what we need. So, look forward to that. Coming sometime this year. Alright, we got one more email and then we'll call it a night. This is from uh, Kyler. Hey Halls and Will, it's your friend from Florida, Kyler again. I was daydreaming at work today thinking on how Dave Filoni and his team can wrap up a cohesive story to the Ghost Crew. I had a few thoughts and opinions on possible script ideas. The series would start out with a shot of a Star Destroyer moored in space in the unknown regions. An interior shot would show a somewhat older and gruff Ezra Bridger fixing something mechanical. He looks over his shoulder complaining to his companion to help him fix this or they're both going to die. The man would step away from his task to reveal a long-haired Thrawn. Their banter would last a while longer, like a buddy cop show, until surging screams could be hear- heard from outside the ship. Thrawn looks at Ezra panicking, saying, We need to leave now. They would fix the hyperdrive quick, but would have no nav comp, so Ezra would have to use second sight, like the Chiss. The majority of Thrawn's and Ezra's story is constantly escaping the clutches of Lovecraftian horror, horror in the unknown regions. Meanwhile, Ahsoka and Sabine are tracking for clues in the western reaches. There could be some possible Easter eggs and nods to maybe The Mandalorian and The Rise of Skywalker. I know it's a bit long for you guys this week. See you guys Sunday morning. Keep up the best pod in the world, Kyler. Thanks, buddy. Um, <clears throat> it seems at this point that a follow-up to Rebels is... It's coming. There's, I mean, it seems necessary to me. Yeah, for sure. You don't leave the epilogue to Rebels the way you do without 
coming back to explore that some more, right? And tell that story. Yeah. I just wonder how it's going to go. Like, so what I mean by this is Star Wars Rebels starts off and seemingly doesn't have any real connection to the Clone Wars. It's not until the end of season one when Ahsoka shows up that you get the real connection to the Clone Wars show, right? Right. So is, and then, you know, through the rest of the series, several dangling Clone Wars storylines are wrapped up within Rebels or continued from Clone Wars into Rebels. Like Darth Maul, that whole thing's wrapped up in Rebels. So um, will the next Star Wars animated series, will will the premise be this is a straight-up sequel to Rebels? We are dealing with Sabine and Ahsoka out looking for Ezra and what Thrawn and Ezra are up to in the Unknown Regions? Or will it be a show centered around another group of characters that happens to intersect with that storyline? And I don't really know. Does, no. does you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, Yeah, it makes sense. Because they could go I, about it I either have, way. Yeah, they can go about it any kind of way. You just have to re- reunite them at some point. I do like... The, it's just a hanging thread if you don't. Yeah, and I do like the idea of um, Ezra and Thrawn having to deal with, like, what do you, how do you say, Eldritch? Eldritch. Eldritch horrors out in the yeah. unknown galaxy. Like, that could be fucking Ancient cool. evils, Cthulhu and wretches. Yeah. Extra dimensional horrors. That HP Lovecraft. What an asshole. Well, I mean, that's basically the monster in Solo, you know, in the oh yeah the Kessel Run is basically a Lovecraftian monster. Big time. With without a doubt, that is for sure an influence on that creature design. Um yeah, I just I'm looking forward to it because I really like Ahsoka and I really like Sabine. So that side of the story interests me more than the Ezra and Thrawn stuff. Not that that doesn't interest me. I definitely want answers to that. But you got to come up with a good reason to why they're stuck out there, yeah. right? And what is that? That's a compelling question to me. Like... um. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever it is, I hope we get some sort of announcement. Because that last hyper jump he took was a one-way hyperspace jump, right? Yeah, I can't remember the circumstances behind that and the explanation, but I think it was a, a hyperspace jump into the unknown regions without really knowing where they were going. Like It was an emergency jump to to get out of there. I can't remember though. It's been a while since I watched Rebels, and it's definitely on the list of things to rewatch related to Star Wars. That's probably what I'll do once I finish getting caught up with uh, Resistance. Right on. Especially once they <coughs> announce, you know, the sequel series or whatever it ends up being. You know, that'd be a nice way to prepare for that as rewatch all the Rebels. And it's super easy to access now that Disney Plus is out, and it's all on there. So, 
I think that does it for us this week, buddy. Thanks for recording with me. Dude, thank you for recording with me. Um, brain fart. Pothole. Oh, uh, if you guys like our theme song, please be sure to check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music. They're Stoned Cobra. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. Uh, leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you haven't already. It helps us out a ton, helps other people find the show. And until next week, where maybe we'll be talking about something cool that happened at the Disney earnings call. Or whatever that oh, is. Hopefully. Hopefully. Uh, and at the very least, we'll be talking about season two of Resistance. So look forward to that. But until then, this has been Blue Harvest. I'm Halls Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. May the Force be with us.